Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Where's the guru? Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning. Happy Wednesday, Valley sports fans. Man, we are going to have some fun today. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, Jared Carlin, and Sarah the Ruthless. Ruthless. Before we get into basketball, we're going to have, oh, because we have a lot of, a lot to get into and a lot to kind of hover around from last night's uh, stunning, stirring triumph over Golden State. Kurt Warner told People Magazine that he thinks it's time for Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers to walk away. He says he sees two guys who no longer have any joy in playing football. But in one of those cases, what do you do when you've got no joy in doing anything else Whoops. either? Oh. <laughs> well, one of those and, cases, I well, think both of those cases. Well, and and look at the difference in leadership between those two guys we're talking about real quickly here. You've got Tom Brady who delivered what sounded like a rally the troops were not quitting. We got good guys here. We Where there's a up. will, there's a ah, way. That's right. <laughs> I heard Dan Bickley once say that in 5th grade. Carried his team to a victory. And then you got Aaron Rodgers going on the Pat McAfee show and throwing every every one of his teammates under the bus. Effectively. We're making too many mistakes, and those guys that keep making mistakes shouldn't be playing that. This is just, this is so not me, everybody. (laughs) Rodgers feels like he's been miserable for a couple of years, though. And he won back-to-back MVPs being Uh miserable. So Uh I don't know if you could read anything into that. Well, I I think what I think you can read into is I think Aaron Rodgers knows it's about to get even worse. Because they have to go and play the Bills in Buffalo. And they're going to, by the looks of it, they're going to get hammered. Yeah, that could get, like, ugly. Yes. That could be one of those. The Bills are coming off a bye, too, aren't Mm -hmm. they? Oof. Yeah. And they get after the quarterback, and Aaron Rodgers has got nobody to throw the ball to. So all this anger and angst in Aaron Rodgers, I think that's going to get worse, and he knows it. And it might get worse for Tom Brady, too. I told Vinny this. There was a time we used to have Kurt Warner on. We'd always we'd always bring him on during one of those big chunky segments we used to have, and it was perfect for Kurt Warner. Eleven to eleven twenty-five, baby. Oh, that time, baby. That was Let's fantastic. go. Fantastic. That segment was custom made for Kurt Warner. Okay, because he, he is a willing subject. He likes to be on the radio. He likes to share with people, and so as a result, you know, uh, we were gonna if we had one more question to ask him. That's what I was gonna ask him about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. So we could have had that news, Jarrett. If you weren't telling us to break all the time. <laughs> Wouldn't have gotten scooped by yeah. People Magazine. Start People Magazine show. breaking Barrett. all the big yeah. sports stories. Yeah. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. 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 
The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, we never got to see the Suns-Warriors matchup in last year's Western Conference Finals. Of course, the Suns sputtered out before then, and the Warriors went on to win their fourth championship in the last eight years. But Tuesday night at Footprint Center, there was no sputtering out by the Suns. The guys in the throwback 92-93 uniforms played their best offensive game of the year and then clamped down on defense in the second half in an easy 134-105 win over Golden State in a game that featured seven technical fouls. <laughs> Devin Booker continued his amazing start with 34 points. Mikel Bridges, Jock Landale had 17 each. DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul each pumped in 16. Golden State's Clay Thompson ejected after picking up two technical fouls midway through the third quarter. His first career ejection, but kind of symbolic of how things went uh, after halftime for Golden State. Suns continue their homestand Friday night when the New Orleans Pelicans come to town in a rematch of last year's Western Conference first-round playoff series, won by Phoenix in six games. Pelicans were without Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and Herb Jones in last night's 113-111 win over Dallas. Um, so, Zion, when he's on the injury report, mm-hmm. you never know when he's going to play. So, uh-huh. that uh, remains a possibility that he might not be on the floor on Friday but night. Still, that was quite a robust performance from the Pelicans without Oh, yeah. Him. yeah. Three of their starters oh, yeah. out and yeah. uh, still beat Dallas. That's a yeah. good win for them. Yeah, it is. Cardinals cornerback Marco Wilson this morning has been named the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Wilson's pick six of New Orleans quarterback Andy Dalton in the second quarter gave the Cardinals a 20-14 lead on their way to a much-needed 42-34 Thursday night win over the Saints last week. First Cardinals player to win a weekly award this season. First defensive player to do it since Chandler Jones won it in week 11 last season. Uh, this yeah, came I- up in our in our show prep, and I think you hit on a very important point. Sometimes style points count. <laughs> yeah. Not all not all pick sixes hit the same, Vinny. That's basically the lesson. The optics of that play was were so remarkable and memorable that I think that certainly factored into it. We should call it the flip six. The f- oh, I like it. I like that too. There you go. You can have it. Right. It was uh yeah. It was it was a stunning visual, and I think that had a lot to do with that. <laughs> and Especially it, with Andy Dalton. Oh. Right. <laughs> yeah. On the, in the foreground. Nice effort to go make the tackle, Andy. Right. <laughs> Congrats to a Cardinals defensive end, J.J. White, and his wife, Kealia. They welcome their first child, Koa, to their family. How about that for cooperation schedule-wise? They have oh, a yeah. Sunday off. Perfect. The kid's born on a Sunday. That's perfect. Well done. Already well their, behaved. They've got their football biorhythms working. Wow. Yeah. You could say the kid was really born for Sundays, huh? <laughs> you really I'm can. I'm done. Yeah. And count, hey, how, count how many times. I've already heard it once this morning on SportsCenter. How many times of uh, he's going to be the first round pick in 2045 or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, Cardinals will be back on the practice field today for the first time in preparation of their Sunday game against Minnesota. Uh, meaning Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, meaning we'll get our first look at the week eight injury report uh, and kind of a shortened practice today, too, for the Cardinals. So we'll see what that's all about. It's like a Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Wow. There's something we haven't heard in a long time. Uh, college football, Arizona State head coach, interim head coach, Sean Aguano, taking over play calling duties from offensive coordinator Glenn Thomas starting this Saturday in the Sun Devils road game at Colorado. ASU managed just 14 
points in a one-point road loss at Stanford. Did not score a point over the last 44 minutes of the game. ASU currently ranks 99th in the nation in total offense, averaging 353.6 yards. They are in the top 100, baby. They are, and that's all you can ask for. I thought that was an interesting development because Sean Aguano after the game, and coaches will change their tune Mm. immediately following a game, and, you know, uh, yeah, we got to watch the film. Uh, Uh, But after watching the film, opens up the quarterback competition and then strips play-calling duty from Glenn Thomas. Yeah. Which I don't think ASU fans have a problem with right now. No, no, I don't think so. Did you read the, I don't know how the how the entire practice went, but the first series, apparently uh, Emory Jones threw three passes, two were overthrown, one was intercepted, and Trenton Bourget completed all three of his passes. So there was a, a stark difference so, right uh, out of the get-gate. So uh, Dan Bickley reporting there's a leader in the clubhouse. At least there was after <laughs> one respective series. Hey, every series counts with ASU. But it was, but, but, and I mean, they're running this like a, a, a real competition. It's yeah. it, the dangest thing because they were all running the same place. Generally, a quarterback competition isn't that structured. No, that's true. Uh, it'll be interesting yeah. to watch. Coyotes wrapped up their six-game season opening road trip with a 6-3 win over the Columbus Blue Jackets last night. Shane Gostaspare scored two goals, added an assist. Clayton Keller tied a career high with three assists, and Connor Ingram, 30 saves for his first win on the year. The 2-4 and four road trip behind them, the Yotes return home, will play their first ever game at ASU's Mullet Arena Friday night against the Winnipeg Jets. Former Coyote Phil Kessel is the new NHL Ironman. The Vegas Golden Knights forward played in his 990th straight game on Tuesday, beating the record held by former Coyote defenseman Keith Yandel. Kessel also made a night of it. He also scored his 400th career goal in the win, making him just the 12th American-born player to reach that mark, and the Knights won 4-2. Didn't quite get the hype of Cal Ripken Jr., even though it's much harder to play consecutive all those consecutive games in hockey, you would think. Well, it's 990 compared to 20. A lot. It's not every day, but 30, yeah. it's a much more physical I'm not, sport. I'm much not going to poo-poo on, on Cal Ripken's streak. Uh... Pac-12 Basketball Media Day being held today in San Francisco. They're getting use out of the uh, network offices, by the way. That's where they're having Media Day. Good, good. Uh, We'll find out what team is the preseason. What are they charging for parking? (laughs) (laughs) By the conference to win the uh, Pac-12. Bobby Hurley there for ASU along with uh, DJ Horn and Desmond Cambridge Jr. And one hiring in uh, Major League Baseball. The Miami Marlins have hired Skip Schumacher as their new manager, replacing Don Mattingly. Schumacher part of uh, two World Series championship teams with the Cardinals as a player in 06 and 2011 and was their bench coach last season. There you go. There is your splash on this Wednesday, October 26th, and we got a big game to dive into last night from Footprint Center. And a nice night for the Phoenix Suns as they beat the defending world champion Golden State Warriors. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley Murata mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Two seconds, one second, it's over. Suns win. The Suns win it with an impressive victory over the defending NBA champions by the score of 134 to 105. That's Al McCoy, and you heard him correctly, the Hall of Famer with the score 134-105 in a dominant second-half performance by the Phoenix Suns where they put it all together offensively, defensively holding Golden State to 39 points in the second half. 
And look, the Suns are a playoff team that's now three years into this window, Bick. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't put too much stock in games like this. But that did not feel like your normal October no, NBA basketball game. No, it didn't. And and th- and that's what's really interesting here um, going forward is just the vibe that has come off of the Suns because some of this doesn't make sense to me. They're not as good of a team on paper as they were last year, and yet they're off to the start, and they just hammered the Clippers, and they hammered the Golden State Warriors. So part of that doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. Is the is the loss of Jay Crowder addition by subtraction? I don't know. Well, is is having a backup center who is more offensive minded than defensive minded a big key in in, in in having a successful bench? I don't know. Is this just a a try hard team trying really hard at the beginning of a season? I don't know. I'm sure there's some of that. I it, and and it doesn't matter because it's a long long season and these things are all going to be answered. But I did not see this. Co- I did not see this coming. <laughs> <laughs> these last two, these last two games, I did not see this coming. No. I thought the Suns were. I thought the Suns were going to be on the other end of these beatdowns. Yeah, when be you looked at this you. early season schedule, and yeah. you're like, "Oh man, this is going to be an, an uphill climb to start mm-hmm. the season." And look, the, the Suns played horribly in the first half of the season against Dallas before they rallied. Uh, the Portland loss hurt. Turns out Portland's just a big fat winning machine right now. Yeah, they, they don't lose that's any not games. Last. But, um, but. The, 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 that, I agree with you. These last two games to handle the Clippers as completely as they did for forty eight minutes, and then to do it again last night against Golden State in a span of what three days? Yeah. That's that's still impressive. I don't care if it's October. No. I don't care if it's February. I don't care if it's May. It's, no. it's impressive. The Warriors are going to blow this off. In fact, I, I went to their uh, SFGate.com, and the big story is how the Giants will not be outbid for Aaron Judge. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. They're not they're not giving they're not paying a lot of mind to this game for that reason because they because they got embarrassed. Well, and, was, they, and they have the luxury, and we saw it kind of manifest itself yeah. last night. They have the luxury of being the champions. I think this was the Suns went into the game with. The mindset is this should have been us last year. Mm-hmm. We deserved to be in that Western Conference Finals. We deserved to to show the Warriors what we're all about. Like they went into this game, whether you want to use the term revenge or whatever, or just making up for what happened last year. This game felt like it melt, meant more to them. But again, to me, so far this season has shown me that the Suns are going to be a really good regular season team again. Well, yes, I, I do. I do think that that is the case, and I think that's going to be that's going to be a narrative that we're going to be struggling with trying to contextualize all season long. I don't think it was more just. I don't think it was as individual as that's the team we deserve to play. I think this is just the appropriate response to a team that was completely emasculated at the end of the playoffs, and a team like that, you you would want them to come out with with their hair on fire a little bit. You'd want them a little gnarly. And so I think the Suns are doing that without talking it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah e- even after Devin Booker and that incredible meltdown from Clay Thompson, which uh, which is really noteworthy in and of itself, he Devin Booker downplayed that like a killer. Oh no, I love Clay, man. I love him. I, yeah. I I've loved him my whole life. Here, here he was on TNT after the game. Man, I love Clay Thompson. And I have from the beginning. You know, from the draft coming out, I said I want to be Clay Thompson. You know, that doesn't excuse us from competing against each other and, and talking a little mess with each other. So I have fun with it. Big fan of his and his in his competitive nature. Um, and that's that. I love the that's word savage. you use to describe it. Devin Booker, we've seen this progression. Right now, he's at peak killer mode. Not only is he doing it with his play, but also keeping his cool. 
a lot of players after that that dust up that exchange mm-hmm. would have gone in the tank and it was the champions that went in the tank after that the suns were very comfortable with what happened last night but that's yeah. why they will never not be a try hard regular season team because devin booker can can not play any other way no it's true and and, and they played with a lot of intensity but that kind of but suggests that Golden State wasn't playing with intensity. Uh, it, you know, midway through that third quarter, it's a six-point game, and those two teams were going at it. And, and if you go back and watch the, or if you watch the TNT broadcast, Candace Parker kept talking about it. This is not an October game. This felt like it felt like it, a playoff atmosphere. It did, and and I, I I disagree fundamentally with what you're saying again, Jared. I I think that Devin Booker, what you're saying is true, but it's not because Devin Booker will always be that way. It's just the teams that went. Teams that win a championship get a real clear picture of what the regular season is about. And until you get there, you don't. And once you get there, it gives you license to blow off the regular season. Now, you can't convince me Golden State was blowing off last night's game. No. So they, they can't lean on that. So the whole this whole we've got four rings thing, okay, you got a point, but you guys were engaged last night. Yes, they were. Draymond Green was... Engage. Yeah. And, and by so, the way, Draymond got away with another incredibly dirty play last night that almost led to another injury for Cam Johnson late in that game when Draymond pushed Jock Landale into into Cam Johnson, who took a nasty spill. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, here we go again. That guy, man, he is he was more He's engaged offensively than I've seen him in maybe five years in that mm-hmm. game. But he is a, a menace is a perfect word. I, yeah, I, I still have a lot of respect for him. I, I love the way he plays. Yeah, he's, he's a little bit dirty. But uh, let's the, the bigger point to me is as much as they want to downplay this, and you they can. They've got the right. They're the defending champion. They were engaged last night. And, and the next time they play, there's going to be even more heat coming off the game. Yeah. So this is good. I, I mean, this I did not expect the Suns to be this good this early given the state of their roster. Yes. And given all the chaos. But it's, it's worked. Now I don't know what it means. I really don't. I'm still a little confused by it. I think it means I, that I'm here for it. I mean, I, I'm definitely taking the over on 50 wins now for this season. Like this feels for a lot. Entertainment purposes only, right, Jerry? Well, yes. Yeah. Again, it's, if it, it was for real, it wouldn't it's be too early for any of that. I mean, seriously, 10 games in, I think we can. You can like maybe extrapolate a little more. Um, but but I do think it's quite something that the two teams that were uh, unanimous co-favorites to win the Western Conference have just had their asses handed to them by the Suns. <laughs> you ain't kidding. Amante Williams con- uh, complimented the defensive effort and then focused specifically on containing Steph Curry. I don't think anybody understands their offense. You know, you can scout it, but you, you it's, it's just complex. Uh, they teach their players how to screen. They know what to look for in screening situations. You know, sometimes if you're just playing hard, they can overcome some of that. But we do our best to, to counteract some of the actions that they have. But they're just, they're so dynamic. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a team um, run their offense as hard as, as they do. Um, we like to think that we we play in point five and we look the same, but they just do it differently. And, and their guards just don't stop moving. And everybody plays off of those guys. So they can be really hard to guard. Steph Curry, 7 for 17 last night. He hit four three-pointers, only 21 points. But we saw it in the regular season last year. We were looking forward to seeing it in the playoffs. Mikel Bridges gives Steph Curry a very hard time on offense. Monty Williams is right. You watched Golden State over the course of 48 minutes. 
And they don't look like other NBA teams because of the way that offense operates, the passing, the ball movement, the ability of shot makers like Curry and, and Jordan Poole is developing into one of those assassins. Oh, but man. The Suns defensively um, did, a, I, I just think, a fantastic job on I, that I offense agree. last night. I agree. Devin, and Devin Booker shutting down Clay Thompson was probably at the root of everything that yes, they went through. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I think I think this is just... I think this is good because all of us wanted to see this. All of us wanted explanations from the basketball team for what happened last year. None are going to be forthcoming. We've nope. learned that. And so as a result, we're relying on them to make good with their play. And so that's how they're coming out of the gate. And there's going to be a lot of this between the lines. There's going to be a lot of people. Uh, this it, It's great because, once again, this, this criticism of the Phoenix Suns, it's going to come back into play here. Not from us. But it's going to come back into play from teams that that you know are are think that the Suns are flexing again yeah. in the regular season. It's such a fun. Maybe we can get back into this later on as we continue to discuss this because I had that same thought that maybe the Suns will get that criticism. Oh, here they go, regular mm-hmm. season champs again. Oh, yeah. But it's such a strange thing to focus on. Is that where we are in comp- in competitive sports now? Is that teams are going to get dinged for actually trying to win games? I know. It's ridiculous. I mean, Kawhi it's Leonard's ridiculous. already taking time off. Yeah, he, he's playing ten minutes a game, and now he needs load management again. again. But the dinging became verified when they blew it in the playoffs. Well, listen, if you if you look at a flawed roster and and, and you've got teams a team with holes and you put them up against a smart head coach and a good team in a best of seven, that yes. you can get into a lot of trouble. And I think we've been guilty. And we've, been there. Uh, we've been guilty of saying, "Oh, the Suns blew it. The Suns blew it. They didn't play well." And we talked about it in real time. Jason Kidd deserves a lot of credit for after the first two games of that series, it looked like it was over, and then the Dallas Mavericks became a different team. Yep. And he deserves yep. a lot of the credit I completely for agree with you. Uh, we'll have a lot more on the Suns' win over the Warriors as the uh, show goes on. Uh, I want to remind you, Eagles just announced they're returning to Footprint Center on March 1st, 2023 for the Hotel California 2023 Tour. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m., but you can win a pair now by visiting the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. Coming up next, big week for the Arizona Cardinals. Can they build on momentum from a Thursday night win and an actual good performance on offense? We'll get into all of it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I feel like um, just going out there, you, you, you step on the field with DeAndre Hopkins, and you know he's all business. So I feel like collectively um, as a whole, you want to bring that same energy um, to kind of match because you know what he's all about and you know what he brings to the table. And so, um, I mean, just even for a guy like me, uh, a young guy like me to go out there with a veteran, a veteran guy um, kind of makes me want to play better and step up for the team. That is Eno Benjamin, Cardinals running back, speaking to the media yesterday. They'll get back on the practice field today. Of course, a big game, a road game in Minnesota against the Vikings on Sunday. First early game that the Cardinals will play in that Sunday window all season. But talking about DeAndre Hopkins, who, let's... Let's face it, Bick. DeAndre Hopkins, even though he wasn't even on the on the field for the first six weeks of the season, has been one of the most talked about Arizona Cardinals yeah. because it was wait till week yeah. seven until he gets back. And his performance did not disappoint. And the way the Cardinals offense looked with his return was, you know, base level tantalizing. Maybe devastating. We don't know where the, this team goes offensively from here, but mm-hmm. uh, in terms of debuts and anticipation leading to a debut, DeAndre Hopkins delivered that, and the Cardinals' offense did look 
a heck of a lot more complete than it's looked all season long. And again, it's Thursday night football. Again, so, against so, a depleted Saints so defense. trust very little of what you see. So trust they've, no one. Right, they've, so they've got to stack a performance is what they've got to do. And now that DeAndre Hopkins is back on film, uh, will the Vikings attack him differently? Will it matter? Uh, will the Cardinals again be able to move the ball? And because that, that's that's the one thing that did look different. Aside from scoring, you know, over 40 points for the first time in, in what I, it was a ridiculous figure of games. I think it was 20... Was it 17? 20, uh, 2017, 2017. Certainly pre yeah, yeah. it Yeah, so it was about 88 games since they had actually exceeded 40 points. Um, they moved the ball fairly easily. So, again, it is there's just so much you don't – you can't script or you really can't judge coming out of Thursday night football. They need to stack these performances. But um, it, it is something to build on. And like I said, if, if you can find a way to beat the Vikings – that, and they've been really good on the road, then you've got a game against Seattle and you, you've got a chance to really kind of put yourself in good good yeah. position. So this is this is going to be fascinating to see how they enter this. They have not won in Minnesota in forever. No, I, I have the numbers here. Um, and you mentioned it. it it's, it's weird when you talk about the history of road trips. The Cardinals have been a good road team. You know, the, the last game in Seattle, not so much. But over the past two seasons, very, very formidable on the road. But historically, going to Minnesota, since the Cardinals moved to Arizona, they have played 10 road games in Minnesota, including the playoffs. They've lost all 10. Half of this show was not alive the last time the Cardinals won a football game in Minnesota. It was 19th. The year was 1977, right? Terry Metcalf and Wayne Morris each had two touchdowns. <laughs> the Cardinals ground out 316 yards as a team on the ground. That's wow, how long that's it's impressive. been. Fran Tarkenton was the quarterback oh, for yeah. the Vikings the last time oh, the Cardinals yeah. won Foreman, in Minnesota. Ranieri. <laughs> yeah, listen, it's been a long time. That's a lot. They played outdoors back then. Yes. So the last time the Cardinals beat the Vikings in Minnesota, they played outdoors. This losing streak has spanned like two different dome stadiums. It's been that long. Yeah. And so this is uh it's it's a loud it's a very, very loud building. There's a lot of uh artificial noise that comes at you, that gigantic horn to start the game, which is really awesome, by the way. Way. Uh, it's 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 an experience. I'll tell you that, and it's and the Cardinals have not always handled that well. Um, and they're play they're 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 facing a team that's a little overinflated. I think I don't think the Vikings are one loss kind of caliber. They're kind of like how in the heck are we still doing this guy? But but they've got some real interesting offensive weapons that the Cardinals are going to have to account. Oh for. yeah. So defensively, it's going to be a test for this defense, and 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 that's another thing too. If you can't trust your eyes on Thursday. Night, Night football, then maybe what we saw from the defense was an aberration, an anomaly. No, true. Uh, and I agree with your assessment on Minnesota. Uh, they don't have to apologize for their record, obviously. You can only play who's on your schedule, but I think that record right now to this point in the season is, is very much a product of who they've had to play and when they've had to play them. Yes. And hey, if they win on Sunday and move to 6-1, and one, that might be just another you know a, a, another note along those lines. Hey, we played a, a Cardinals team that's really struggling right yeah. now, but again, if they can move to 6-1, and one, uh, we, we shall see. I, I agree with you. The offense 
you know, when you've got a Dalvin Cook and you've got Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, they have weapons. Kirk Cousins, you don't know what Kirk Cousins is going to show up. But when the good one shows up, they're pretty good. Yeah. Zayvon Collins spoke to the media yesterday, took a quick look at the uh, Vikings offense heading into week eight. I mean, Dalvin Cook is crazy. Uh, Justin Jefferson's a really great athlete. Kirk Cousins is a great game manager, great quarterback. Um, you know, it's just it's the NFL. It's week after week. You're not going to be like, man, this guy sucks. It's like that's what people ask me all the time. It's like, who's the best? I was like, they're all good. I mean, what are you going to say? They're all good. I mean, even the guys that are maybe they're not big name guys, but they're still they all have their traits. They all have their you know abilities that put them in that first first position spot. So I think you know just dissecting that offense and then just trying to take away what we can and uh, back them into a corner. Yeah, Cardinals got a win. They needed a win after those two consecutive losses in terms of what uh, people think about the Cardinals' power poll rankings. They moved up like an average of four and a half spots in the power polls. They're still ranked around number 20. So still very much flying under the radar. Um, And, and, you know, offensively for the Cardinals, even though Mm -hmm. we're talking about 42 points, 28 of it offensively, which was a step in the right direction, but there still has not been that devastating offensive performance yet from Kyler Murray, who, this is going to sound weird about Kyler Murray, he's kind of been, in, in games that the Cardinals have won, he's kind of been a game manager from a passing standpoint. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Yeah, the numbers aren't sensational. That, no. That's that's for certain. So um but again, and a lot, that's why there was a real fear that the NFL had figured out this passing offense. And and that that I think was what was negated temporarily by DeAndre Hopkins. And that's what's good. That that's where they're going to have to build now. And and I hope it works out for them. I I think that you know it's it, the thing that I like most going into this game is that it, it, last week's game on Thursday night football for all the vagaries that come with that. That was a must-win game for this team, uh-huh. and they performed yes. accordingly, and they played with the requisite urgency. Cliff Kingsbury, in the last two previous years, his teams have not been very good at these win-or-go-home, win-or-get-in kind of games. No. They have not been good in those big moments, and that was a big moment. And it really felt like DeAndre Hopkins kind of orchestrated this team to a different place. And I'm not just talking about that hype video. I'm talking about calling a players-only meeting yeah. and making Kyler talk and making Buda Baker talk. It's like it, it's it's almost as if he came in and said, okay, you know, I've been gone from this mix, but this is not right. Yeah. So let's – right. I saw this stuff while I was away. Right. We got to rectify right. it. And, and, the, and maybe his absence led to that. Too, there's so many people, so many members of the Cardinals team talking about what DeAndre Hopkins brings from a leadership standpoint, which quite honestly hadn't been talked about for about two years no. since he's been on this team. And and you know what? You know how temporary these wide receivers and their reputations tend to be. Uh-huh. And and every year there's a different three, four guys who are at the very top of that list. People m- might have forgotten just how good DeAndre Hopkins was, and mm-hmm. I think maybe D Hop was feeling some of that. Yeah, and it was sort of like a reminder. Okay, because. Uh, yeah. He reminded basketball fans last night, too, with best seats in the house last night. Yeah, that was interesting. Sitting right next that to was, Fitz. That was interesting. The camera caught him once, and Fitz was doing a lot of talking to, to somebody who wasn't DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> and Diop was just kind of sitting there. I, I don't know. It was 
It was an interesting look. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, yes, it was only a few games into the season, but there's a little bit of growing concern, or maybe a lot of growing concern, about Chris Paul. Well, he quelled that concern last night with his performance. More on that and the Suns win over the Warriors next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, inbound the ball in backcourt. Again, 7.5 seconds left in the half. They get the ball into Chris Paul. He's picked up by Wiggins. Paul on the drive. Paul looks, leans, puts up a three. Shazam! And it counts at the buzzer. Brother, CP3. Al McCoy on the call. Al will join us later for his weekly visit in the 8 o'clock hour, but that was three of Chris Paul's 16 points last night. Suns win big over the Golden State Warriors, 134-105. And there's been, you know, going back to last season in the playoffs after game two of the Dallas series, Bick, there's been a lot of eyeballs on Chris Paul. Um, and quite honestly, mm-hmm. CP3 has not looked the same as what we were used to seeing. No. Uh, last night for the first time this season, in totality, I thought he looked like what we're used to seeing. He looks like a guy who's starting to come out of that yes. slow roll sluggishness that we've seen the last couple of years. Chris Paul, in, in, in before the game, he doesn't do a lot of pregame shooting. You know, f- several players will come out uh, you know, hours before the game. And get some shots in, work on some individual drills, do some agility stuff. Chris Paul's not usually one of those participants. So when he came out last night wearing a t-shirt and a pair of sweatpants, I was like, what? I'm not used to seeing Chris Paul. And a lot of other people noticed it, too. But he worked on shots. He, he got shots up for about 15 minutes because, let's face it, he hasn't been shooting the ball well. If that is part of this new routine for Chris Paul, keep doing it. Yeah. He hit four or five three-pointers. He scored 16 points. He had nine assists, uh, only two turnovers. Well, And that was a very that was a reassuring performance. It was. I agree. And, and Chris Paul reassured everybody before the game that Monty has been imploring on him to not pass up shots. Mm-hmm. And he, he kind of said so before the game. The, the shot that made that comforted me was right before the end of the first half when he came down, stopped, had no momentum, waited for a defender to fly by, yep. and then had to generate you know a three from a standstill position, and he had no issue with it. So that's that's a guy that's got the requisite juice in his legs, and is so and so. I took great comfort from that because there is. There's a counter narrative to the Suns being the try hard team, and that is a Suns team last year that was sabotaged by a lot of factors that that all came together at once at the very worst time. And if you believe that, then maybe you can believe that that the rest of the league is going to get some payback this year from the Suns, uh-huh. which is a very nice thing to believe. And, and to further that, and not to get into people's personal life because we've been doing that a lot with Tom Brady, who by the way just looks terrible. <laughs> they just showed him at a press gathering. Have you seen this guy, Jared? Can you get this guy a Twinkie? <laughs> Do they so, make vegan Twinkies? So, avocado Twinkies? So E! News, E! Exclamation Point News has a story about how Devin Booker and Kendall Jenner are back full together now. Mm-hmm. And they and they cite sources and quotes about how they broke up last June in the span of a week and a half. And just by coincidence, right in the middle of the sun's falling apart. Now, I... <laughs> 
So I'm bringing this up to say there are legitimate things from the outside that were tugging at this basketball Wait a minute. Hold on. You're telling me these people are human beings. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Why have I never been told this before? And Listen, I I love the fact that that Devin Booker has found what looks to be the love of his life. Please have no more strife during the playoffs. Agree to that right now. Put that in writing. Just agree. Oh, that'll that, work. Just, <laughs> that J- is how relationships work, yes. Yeah. Just if, agree. <laughs> if J.J. Watt's wife can have a kid during the off day, right. then right. they can break up during right. the off right. season. That's right. I'm going to break up. Sweetie, just agree. I've, I've got a big day at work. Could you just not give me any grief today? Just agree. <laughs> just agree. No stri- no relationship strife from June on. That's all. That's not not that big of an ass. Sweetheart, from June on, can you just <laughs> right. calm the blank down? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, so my point is here, there is an argument to be made from the COVID-19 that Chris Paul had, but won't cop to and nobody ever will, to this relationship stuff with Devin Booker, to the DA, Monty Williams stuff, to all of it. There is a narrative, a believable narrative that took down this basketball team. Okay, and, and it's it, and but the rest of the league doesn't want to see that. The rest of the league wants to go. Ah, oh, yeah, of course. Chris Paul and his excuses. Mm-hmm. Ah, all that cute team from Phoenix. Just wait till we start strategizing against him. And, and listen, there's something to be said for that too. There is for having a roster built for the playoffs. But again, there is stuff that happened. And so, if Chris Paul comes out of this little early season sluggishness and starts killing fools again. It's just going to prove that. Well, and let's face it, there's an adjustment going on with Chris Paul, too. He's not relied upon as heavily as the the primary ball handler. They're trying to initiate offense with other players. It seems to be working so far, uh, especially when Chris Paul off the ball is shooting the way he is last night. Again, 4 of 5 from three-point range. Uh, He talked about that very subject last night after the game, learning how to shoot more uh, and, and kind of going along with Monty's pregame comments, teammates and coaching staff encouraging him to shoot. But uh, that's a process to learn when you're not the primary ball handler. What I, mean? I think it's something we all sort of talked about going into the season. Uh, we wanted to be uh, just harder to guard. You know, a lot of teams last year in the playoffs was trying to pick me up full court and, you know, just me being the primary ball handler. So uh, it's fun. Uh, I can actually shoot, you know what I mean, just majority of my career, I've always been the playmaker. So it's nice to get a few catch and shoots. It's something I got to get used to because I'm usually always creating for other guys. But uh, it's been nice to, to get some catch and shoots. I'm glad that they're making this adjustment now. I mean, kind of wish that there was more of an adjustment in place while it was happening because... Mm-hmm. I mean, it was evident in the New Orleans series. That was that was their tactic defensively. We're going to make Chris Paul work really hard. And how many times, if you were watching closely, were you fearing, oh, they're going to get an eight-second call because Chris Paul's having trouble bringing the ball up. And once you get the ball up and you got 16 seconds on the shot clock, yeah. it was harder yeah, to get into right. stuff. You're right. You're right. They do need to address this right now because you know that that is going to be a truth of theirs in the playoffs. They're going to make Chris Paul work hard on defense. They're going to run him through a lot of screens. They're going to pressure him. They're going to make just so they. You're, you're right. They need to get. They need to get an alternative approach. Identity stuff hap, happening right here now. And I think they are. Here's the other thing about Chris Paul. To me, Chris Paul. Everything I've know and read and heard about him, he's a vicious competitor. Yes. Vicious. Okay. And I think Da will tell you as much. 
Chris Paul has been very detached and very quiet about everything that has happened, especially last postseason. Chris Paul surely hears all the people clucking at him. Ha ha. Yep, Mr. Excuses, he's not said a word. Same with Devin Booker. Yeah, I wonder how much that they have agreed this we have got we have got scores to settle, but don't say a word about it. Yeah. Just keep this is us. This stays here. Such a us. good point because you know the, the fan base was just starving for something resembling an explanation. Yeah. We need this for us. Give it to Tell us. Tell us what went yeah. wrong. We and need to it, heal. And in the long run, keeping it under wraps might be the it, right thing. Well, play. because if if it, Chris Paul would not be the type to take that defeat the way they went down last year mm-hmm. and the shame that they know Chris Paul more than anybody knows the shame that comes with that box score in game seven. Yes. Okay. And, and so if, if he and Devin Booker have got fires inside of them that they're not letting anybody else see until they get, into, get onto a basketball court, sign me up, man. Yeah. Sign yeah. me up for that. I do. I think something that fans forget sometimes is like they had to be exposed out there on the court, everyone looking at them, everyone watching them. You think that doesn't burn inside of them still as competitors? Oh. Absolutely. Oh my gosh! And and the fact that Chris Paul gets hammered for always having excuses when he hasn't offered a single one, right? Based off of what's happened here, is quite something to me too. No, I agree. Something to watch moving oh, forward. Yeah. Uh, coming up next, we will have a closer look at the Suns' win over the Warriors and a couple of ingredients that went into it, like Devin Booker against Clay Thompson. That's straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on this Wednesday, live from the Ak Chin Community Studios on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.